Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it ride! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, away we go here on a Tuesday, November the 5th. Can't believe it, 2019, and uh, we are off and running. It is a new week in college football. It is a new week in the NFL, and of course, it is a new college basketball season it starts tonight guys 87 count them one two three just trust me 87 damn college basketball games on the docket here tonight as we get ready around the country around the world to welcome in a brand new college basketball season duke uh kentucky kansas Michigan State all getting ready to do battle uh, tonight. What an opening night lineup that's going to be here. Kansas taking on Duke at 7. Michigan State taking on Kentucky at 9.30. Welcome back, Coach K, Calipari and company. Izzo, get ready, guys. Hey, uh, hi. Virginia, defending, defending champs, the Virginia Cavaliers. Remember that, guys. That's who your defending world champions are, your College basketball mountain has been climbed. Will they be able to do it again? Will they be able to defend? Larry well, Izzo, I mean, Coach Izzo's got a lot of those, um, got a lot of guys returning back at Michigan State, but uh, plenty of time to get into that, guys. But keep an eye tonight on these games. Welcome it back as the NBA is already six or seven games in for many teams. And congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. That high school team they uh, roll out actually won a game last night uh, and won big. They finally won a game in their new home building. I thought Steph Curry was going to have a coronary last night. But my word, what the hell was wrong with you, Portland? How did you get boat race like that with a backup squad? But I digress because I don't want to have to talk about the annoying New York Giants where really the best part about last night was a damn black cat that ran onto the fields. But here it is in a nutshell, guys, if you uh, if you were diving into that game. Extremely fortunate for those of you that backed the over. Uh, that in not only the first half, but also in the uh, the full game there. And which is okay. Sometimes a ball bounces in, uh, in your favor, which is good. But the New York Giants, to me, the biggest problem with the Giants, and it just it keeps becoming more and more evident, is the lack of uh, creativity from uh, from Shermer and that offense is just absolutely brutal. It you know who the players are, you know who your guys are, and we know you're limited in the secondary and defense. But you know what? They did a great job for three quarters. They did everything they possibly could to put you guys, the offense in a position, you can't have five trips to the red zone if you are a two-win football team battling a division rival. You cannot be gifted that many trips to a red zone and you walk yep. away with nothing, with Saquon Barkley, mind you, and Evan Ingram and, and Tate and every And the best you dink and dunk do is forget about Saquon. You don't, put, you don't give any of those guys a chance to actually run it in. You got to be more creative. 
You settled for field goals. This game should not have even been close last night. The Giants had every opportunity to blow the doors off of the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm sorry, man. It may be just maybe Pat Shermer's the biggest problem with the New York Giants right now. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. You know, Joe, You know, I agree generally with what you're saying, right? They didn't look as creative. The idea of Pat Shermer, what is he doing, play calling, that sort of stuff. This coming off of saying the same thing about the New York Jets and Adam Gaze, right? But here's the thing. I don't know, Joe, because they do have weapons, right? They have Saquon. You can see that Evan Ingram is a mismatched nightmare as a tight end. Golden Tate is, you know, making plays left and right, making great catches. So, I mean, Danny has the weapons, right? Literally just those three. And, you know, maybe Shepard will come back as well. I disagree with you, Joe, as far as the biggest problem with the Giants. I think it's that they can't stop the run, okay? And and then... Also, when you think about it, they went out and tried to trade for Leonard Williams to go ahead and help that. But Zeke Elliott ran all over them, in my opinion, 23 for 139. And they were close in the first half. But, and I said it on Endgame Live, Zeke and the Cowboys were getting whatever they wanted to. They were able to move the ball. They were just befelled by things like Dak turnovers and some sloppy play and a missed field goal, you know, in the first half. I think it's that they couldn't stop the run, if you want to know the truth, Joe. And Dallas showed that they were able to do that with their offensive line. And Zeke Elliott, you know, he's going like this, feed me. Well, it's a one-score game going into the fourth. And you had five trips to the red zone. And you didn't score any touchdowns. That's a problem. That's not a that's not a I can't stop the run problem. That's a offensive d- disgusting performance by you, given those weapons you mentioned. You have all those weapons. You're inside the 20 five times and you can't score a touchdown like that's an issue. Danny Dimes is a rookie. We get it. OK, but the whole dink and dunk, not giving him an opportunity and not coming up with something. This score, you should have had at least 28 points on the board uh, from touchdowns alone with what Dallas was doing in the first half. It was just Dallas pulled away in the fourth because the secondary was gassed, chasing guys around all damn game. That shouldn't have even been close in the fourth quarter. Zeke should have been taken out of the game in the fourth because they were going to need to throw the ball in order to be able to catch up. But instead... They, they hung around long enough to be able to, you know, give it to Zeke and let him take it over in the fourth, which is what I wish the Giants would have done with Saquon Barkley, except you only settled for field goals. That's the biggest problem right now with them. You can't keep getting into the red zone and kicking three points, especially when Dallas says, here's the ball. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, one of the worst games of, uh, of the year so far for them, and yet they end up looks like blowing them out but that was a much closer game than the score uh indicates no it was you know and obviously the late the late scoop and score to make it go oh, over the please. over yes. the over yeah. shall we see and listen joe oh my goodness i had i had this so many different ways but you know one of the ways i bet i bet the dallas first half team total mm-hmm. okay and you know you can guess exactly what it was by the way I'm talking about it. It was certainly 13 and a half, Joe. Of course, you know, it was. and they wind up with 13. And then I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> Jones throws the pick at the end. I was like, oh wait, I'm live. They can mm-hmm. actually try and score again, you know. But they do wind up going over. We hit a lot of the prop bets. Zeke going over. I had, Zeke's longest rush prop was like 14 and a half, which I thought was criminally low. Uh, and Amari went right on the number. Some people got him at 79 and a half. Some people got him at 80 and a half. But, 
you know, Joe, how about this? Let's both agree that uh, not being creative with Saquon and not being able to stop the run are two issues for the New York Yeah, the problem is you got playmakers on one side. I get why you can't stop the run. You ain't got nobody. What the hell is your excuse for having that those kinds of weapons? Makes put Eli back in there. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Taking the field, a black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Part of the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25 to the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. <laughs> so is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. The black cat is at the other end of the field. <laughs> He's Black at the Cat doesn't know that it was last Thursday that was Halloween. Thursday oh, night right. football, yeah, not Monday night football. He's a little bit late. Now he is sitting <laughs> and looking. Now he's at the five. He's Who the walking. Cat? He's walking to the three. He's at the two. <laughs> And the cat is in the CDW yes. red zone. CDW people who get it now. A policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. You've the got to love Kevin Harlan, man. I mean, fantastic stuff, man. And that really for about, we're about five minutes left in the first half. That was the big question is how, I mean, this didn't look like no junkyard cat. Like this was a very healthy, well-fed. This looked like a groomed ass cat. Like who brings in a black cat to the stadium? It had to be somebody's that works there or something. I'm like, how the hell does a, you know, you ain't getting in that stadium. How the hell does a cat get in there? So our guy Gabe Morrissey tweeted about this, okay? Um, and, you know, you know how Gabe is, in essence, part of the part of the furniture out there at the right? FanDuel Sportsbook. He said that this cat, in fact, lives in the parking lot, is a he regular, does. that really? people, like, leave food around a certain area for the cat. Okay, he's got it up. Yeah, and he put a picture of the cat that he took, uh, you know, from the parking lot, like another day or whatever. Like Gabe is aware of, this awesome. is like the Meadowlands cat, the house. Cat. So he is. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> he knew about him, and uh, we don't know how we got onto the field per se, but he was saying that all the regulars at the sports book and stuff, they know this cat. He's just, you know, he got his fifteen minutes of fame. Dude, that cat. I was like, this don't look like a hungry. Like, this cat is right. eating stadium food. He's getting burnt. That's like, this cat scrawny, is better sure. fed than we are, Dane. You got to right. be kidding me. God damn. Everybody at the sportsbook. I got to tell you something. When he was, <laughs> when the cat was running, right? And you knew the cat was running, you know, towards the damn end zone, right? And I could tell, I knew there was going to be some radio call like that, you know, the 30, the 20, the Marlin 10. is great. I was waiting. Because the, the cat paused at, like, the three-yard line, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, uh-oh. As soon as the cat crosses this goal line, the crowd is going to go bonkers. And that's exactly what happened. I thought it was cool. And I thought it was great, too, because everyone sat around, looked at each other like, I ain't, 
I ain't going after that cat. Like, like who's going to go after the cat? Exactly. It was you so you funny. Do you like an employee there at all times? Like, you know, we've you seen would... things before, right? Like right. birds. birds. Or right, exactly. Yep. We've seen things. Like, there's got to be. Remember, there's bats in San Antonio oh, <laughs> in the, the Spurs bird. stadium. Like, oh. There's got to be someone on hand, right? Like a groundskeeper or be. something. Who technically it falls yep. in their job description, like they got a net or something? I don't know. <laughs> Kid, last night I was dying, and I was waiting for it too. And of course, Kevin Harlan, the radio Westwood One Radio, it was just brilliant because he's perfect with that stuff, man. Absolutely uh, perfect. But uh, all right, anyway, Cat, listen, Dallas, you won. Congratulations. You're gonna have to play better than that though, because uh, that was. Way uh, teams with actually a little bit more creative uh, offensive minds behind them would have destroyed you last night. They are giving them that many opportunities inside the red zone and turnovers. Not a great game, but a, you know, a winning game for the Cowboys who now find themselves keeping pace with the Philadelphia Eagles who continue to roll. And, uh, you know, I think you and I agree that the Eagles are still, I think, the team to beat there in the NFC East while uh, the Giants got to figure out something to do. And and Danny, and I wish more than anything else, and this is the thing that worries me about Daniel Jones, is there were a number of plays last night, Dane, that I watched him take unnecessary risks with his body. There there was one end around where he's running out trying to throw he's blocks. Out there he, he's, he's, and the reason that he has, he's got eight interceptions, he's got eight fumbles, guys. He's got, tw- he's been sacked 24 times. And I get it, he's a rookie, but somebody's got to pull him on a sideline and be like, dude, there is no reason for you to fight for extra yardage, to take off, to, you know, he put himself in a couple of positions last night that he is lucky the Dallas Cowboys defenders did not run his ass over because way too many times if you're past the line of scrimmage, you're doing it wrong. Like, take a page out of Eli's book, man. Throw it away. Fall down, do anything but put your body in harm's way. He's going to get killed if he keeps. This ain't the ACC, Daniel Jones. Like, you know what I mean? You're not playing. This ain't mm-hmm. BC, dude. You, yeah. you, you've you, got to protect yourself. And he looks like he's taking just way too many chances to me. Yeah. It's like if you're playing DFS without the Daily Roto Optimizer. You're doing it yeah. wrong. You really you know are, I mean? dude. It's I'm like telling you. And, and here's the thing. Uh, we talk about this like – with quote-unquote mobile quarterbacks, right? Like the Deshaun yeah. Watsons of the world, uh, the the Lamar Jacksons that they have to learn how to take a hit. They have to learn how to whatever. But this is the case for all quarterbacks, yeah. And so Daniel Jones, you know, he showed some mobility, though. Remember at Tampa in his first game? And so it's okay to have that in your arsenal. But to your point, let's not put everybody at risk. I got to say this, though, Joe, you know, next Sunday, when there's the Snoopy Bowl, Jets and Giants, like, can I get a look ahead line on like a sacks prop total or a f- turnovers by the quarterback, you know, kind of prop? Because Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold will both give it up. Both of these offensive lines look like they are no great shakes, except for, I guess, Will Hernandez, who just wants to fight everybody. But I think we could see a ton of sacks and a ton of fumbles uh, in the pocket on Sunday when these two teams get together. It's interesting, too. The uh, the numbers are not good, right? He had another last night. He uh, one interception, two fumbles. One, of course, at the end was returned for the touchdown. He was sacked five times last night. 
And now on the season, eight picks, eight loss fumble, 26 sacks. Take a look at the Minnesota Vikings defensive numbers. Eight INTs, six fumble recoveries, and 28 sacks. He has basically matched exactly what the defense for the Minnesota Vikings has done this year he wasn't against in every all game. quarterbacks. You got it. It's like minus two games, and he did that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So everybody else is doing it in, I get what, eight or nine games. Yep. Correct me yep. if I'm wrong. Eli played the first, what was it, two? two the believe. first three? Two games. First okay. two, I believe. Yep. Well, then Daniel Jones is leading the league in those categories, playing seven games, and everybody else has played nine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a problem. I get it. It's a rookie. But, again, that's where coaching is supposed to come into play. You know, give them an opportunity to uh, get rid of the ball quick, guys, or draw something up or just hand the thing off a million times to Saquon. That's what you've got him for. Don't put him in a position to have to continue to turn the ball over, which is what he does. But also, Dane, his turnovers uh, made us money last night. So congratulations, Danny, from that standpoint, especially in the first half with under a minute, he chucks the ball up for no apparent reason. And Dallas intercepts it, brings it back to the 39. The over was 23 and a half. That was the number in the first half. And it was 12-10. And then yep. you allowed them to come out and hit a 54-yard field goal with no time left. They did. Yep. Like, so, yeah, Danny. First what half you? over, nails it. Too bad I had the first half Dallas team total and lost by a half. But, yes, everything Bastards. else went over. Bastards. Uh, some other hard. headlines, too, around the, uh, the NFL. Interesting stuff came out uh, yesterday. Number one. Uh, Dane and I talked uh, about the ridiculousness of the safety for the Cleveland Browns, uh, Jermaine Whitehead, who thought it was uh, great to hop on Twitter and go ahead and just, uh, you know, threaten fans, give them the address to the stadium, threaten to shoot people, kill people. Uh, and we were wondering, like, where are you here, Rod? Like, what is, you know, Cleveland says we're going to handle this internally. We're like, well, what? Like, what are you going to do? And, well, we found out, of course, later yesterday afternoon that they cut his ass, uh, which is good. Uh, and I'm glad that that was, the, that was the right thing because had that gone on any longer, Dane, I don't, I'd have been like, I don't get it. Like, I, I get Dorsey loves problem children. I get that. But how do you keep this guy? How does this guy ever land on another team in the NFL again? I don't think he will. I mean, listen, they cut him. It was the right move. But you don't get credit for doing exactly what you're supposed to do. So, yeah, they cut him. Yeah. We move on. Yeah, because they do have another problem child available to them this week. I, we'll yeah. talk about that coming up. And and Freddie Kitchens already talked about him. We'll cover it. The Browns next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. is in full swing and we'd love you to dunk on your NBA DFS competition using dailyroto.com. You can compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the dailyroto.com optimizer. It's the most accurate projections in the NBA DFS world. Plus, 
You'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. You can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice using the promo code DUNK. That's dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK. Dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK. And you can get yourself 10% off now, keeping in mind that dailyroto.com is where millionaires are made. And certainly want to invite you guys to subscribe, follow us on YouTube and Instagram at SportsGridTV. Never miss a show, an episode, or some of the uh, our favorite highlights from all the shows there on Instagram. Uh, follow us today at SportsGridTV. And speaking of the NBA, it was last night I've seen something that I've never seen before in an NBA game, I, and I've seen it in college, believe it or not, but I've never seen it with an NBA game in an NBA arena where there was nearly a 50-minute delay last night because they actually brought a dude out with a leveler, and he placed it on the rim, and the rim wasn't level. And they noticed it because it was doink, 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 and the guys are going... There's something wrong with this rim here, man. And sure enough, the guy comes out with a lever and comes up with a ladder, puts the leveler on there, and sure enough, it ain't in the middle. So now you're not dealing with a It took them almost 50 minutes to undo, pull it out, and have to wheel out another one. I could not believe what I was seeing. Another nearly 50-minute delay last night in the Milwaukee Bucks-Memphis game. I could not believe it. I was like, Wow. And you don't even like who thinks that to even look at that. Right. Like, would you even I mean, that's that's the kind of crap that you would think. How does that even they tried moving the rim like they were trying right. to do everything like you're not going to move the rim. That's not going to happen. You know, what's funny is like when you're as soon as you start missing shots, being like, oh, it must be the rim. <laughs> it's not me. You know <laughs> measure, what I mean? Like, I, I mess with, like if I'm playing with my little cousin or something like that, I keep on messing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Something must be off over here. It's not yeah, me, I don't you know. know what it yeah. is. The rim, dude. You got to look at the rim. Blame the wand, not the magician. You know what I'm saying? But Crack and also, up, listen. Man. The Bucks scored 30 plus points in every quarter, so it wasn't like it. It wasn't like it stifled yeah. them. They no, wound no, up with 134 uh, in a win. It happened um, early enough. It was, but it was. I'm just like, I can't believe that. I'm like. First of all, who has a leveler handy? They're just like, well, we'll get it. Hold on. Let me come yeah. out here. Unbel- and then they were so nonchalant about it. Like, all right, no big deal. Let's let's break it down. We'll, no problem. We'll be I'm back telling in a few you, minutes. groundskeepers left and right last night <laughs> it, between exactly. got to bring out a guy on a ladder yep. to the exactly. cat running around. So, you know, we got <laughs> good things that we have entire staffs at these arenas. Oh, I can't. And they were unbelievable to me. Uh, all right. So we told you, of course, the uh, Browns did wave Jermaine Whitehead after he threatened to kill everyone on social media, which is good. Uh, we also have told you that um, – Kareem Hunt is now eligible to come back. And uh, interesting enough, Freddie Kitchens was, of course, asked about him yesterday, saying, hey, what's uh, Kareem Hunt's uh, back now? You know, what's uh, what, what are you guys uh, planning on doing? And his answer was, oh, he's definitely going to have a role. He is definitely going to play, which is amazing to me that you have a hard enough time giving Nick Chubb the ball and figuring out a way to get him. Like, for some reason, you take Nick Chubb off the field. You can't get the ball to both Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on a consistent basis. Now you're going to add a guy that's been on the sideline for, you know, 10 weeks now, the entire season, guys. You're going to throw him into the mix, too? Just another mouth to feed? Like, I don't know. This is 
And I love it because, listen, I have Kareem Hunt there. And But if they – what do you do with Nick Chubb at this point? Like, even from a fantasy perspective, Freddie Kitchens, unpredictable, right? If you're an Odell Beckham Jr. holder right now, you got to be pulling your hair out all year, right? What in the hell are you supposed to do now with Freddie Kitchens telling you, oh, no, he's going to have a role. He's going to have a play. Well, who's he going to take the ball away from? It's got to be Nick Chubb, no? So, No. Uh, I think the answer is Dontrell Hilliard. Okay, if you look at the if you look at the box scores, okay, they've been using this guy Hilliard as the pass catching back, as mm-hmm. the change of pace back. Okay, and I think you know the the easy answer is that that's where Hunt starts to get his snaps, starts to get his touches, starts to get his opportunity. I don't think, and and you're right, because who knows what Kitchens is going to do, right? You're asking me what I would do or what should be done, and I'll give you the logical answer, Joe. We'll see if that's actually what the Browns do. No, you don't mess with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, I believe, is second in the AFC in Mm -hmm. rushing yards, okay? He's a top five back, so no, you do not mess with something that's going on, going well. I think Hunt's role, and he says he will have a role, I think his role will be as that kind of third down back, as the lightning to the thunder, and if you look um, in on the game just last week, Joe, uh, Hilliard had five carries, he also had uh, three catches, alright, mm. so that's eight touches, and I think that's about right for a guy who has missed all season and is working his way back, that I think will be his initial role and then we'll see, and we'll take it from there. But no, I don't mm-hmm. think you compromise Nick Chubb because Chubb is, you know, Chubb is leading, I believe, leading the AFC in rushing. I'll double check that. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you would think on third and one you'd want Nick Chubb on the field, but uh, apparently not if you're Freddie Kitchen. So I, I don't know what he's going to do, but I do know that the possibility of resentment in uh, in a locker room, if uh, if he does seem to get uh, you know some uh, some touches and catches maybe that people don't feel he should or they're not getting theirs, this whole thing is a nightmare, and they just keep adding fuel to the fire. And yeah. it, it's, it's it's just amazing to me. I get why Dorsey went out and got him because you never know injuries and everything else. But my word, like this is just more mouths to feed. Uh, and now you've got Hilliard now, a guy in the backfield is going to, what happened to me? I've been, it just, yeah. this whole thing is a nightmare waiting to happen. But yet, Dan, their favorites to beat the Buffalo Bills. Why? Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're favorites to beat the Buffalo Bills here. So I've, yeah, uh, I've been looking at this line yeah. all day and I'm trying to figure it out. And the Buffalo Bills are going to be playing the Cleveland Browns as a, you know, two point underdog. I don't, I don't get it, man. I really, really don't get it. Certainly not from a coaching perspective. They shouldn't be favorites. Um, I don't get the two points, man. I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah, that is pretty interesting to me. I I would have thought we would have had the Bills as one of these, you know, road favorites, to Mm -hmm. be quite honest. I'm intrigued to see which way this line moves throughout the week, though, Joe. You know what I mean? Because guys like you, everybody's like, wait. Forget this. This is a dumpster fire. So I'd be interested to see. Um, and you know there'll be issues in the media. You know they'll be talking. So I'd be very interested to see how this line moves throughout the week. And just to follow up and uh, you know back that up, Nick Chubb, 803 yards on the season. He is fourth in the NFL, second in the AFC, behind only Leonard Fournette. But Chubb has played eight games. Fournette has played nine. So has Dalvin Cook, who leads the league. So, I mean, Nick Chubb, easily a top five running back so far. You're not going to compromise his slice of the pie. I think it's Dontrell Hilliard. 
Yeah, they have um, Bills next, then the Steelers on Thursday night football, and then the Dolphins. So that and they're all home games uh, for Cleveland. So, but this Bills game, of course, is not going to be uh, an easy situation there. The Steelers is going to be a short week Thursday night, and and the Steelers' uh, defense certainly is no joke now. And the Dolphins, well, it's the Dolphins, so okay. But you know, you've got to if you're the Browns, uh, there's really no more room for error here at this point. Like no. you have to beat the Bills. You have to beat Pittsburgh, and I'll just give you the win against Miami. But these next two games, it's your season at this point. If because if you lose either one of those, then you can't. Re, you're not going to, especially against Pittsburgh. You're not going to recover. The season's over at that point. It won't even be Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're two and six, right? So you know, I, the division I think is gone with the Ravens win. You know, you got to figure second place teams that you can catch these bills are one of them that's live mm -hmm. we all think you know the the south has the colts and the texans and you know nick Foles coming back we'll see about that and i, I think you and i both believe the chargers may be primed to rip some off as well out west mm -hmm. so I, I listen the schedule does open up from them but they needed to beat Brandon Allen making his NFL debut if they wanted any shot of this. I consider them pretty much dead and buried until further notice. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I don't think it's going to get uh, well, the Bills, listen, you beat the Bills, there's going to be some question marks around the Bills. If the Bills come out and uh, and beat you on the road, then I think we got to start having a serious conversation about the Bills being a legit playoff team, legit playoff contender I do still think they're limited offensively but you'll good coaching and a lights out defense will take you very far Dane we've seen in these especially the colder weather months November and December yeah defense travels and uh they this is a defense that it's healthy and they're and the coaching staff I like what the Bills got from a coaching perspective I trust them a hell of a lot more than I do some of these other fringe teams yeah and that's fair and that's fair, but we also have said that the Bills' schedule has not been uh, the the greatest gauntlet, mm -hmm. shall we say? And right. so when I think about the Bills, and I, this we're we're way too far out to start extrapolating like this, but I'm gonna do so anyway. If mm -hmm. you put the Bills as one of the top wild cards, right? That means they would face the lowest division winner. Do you really right. have faith with the Bills against the Patriots or the Chiefs or the Ravens or a team like Houston or Indy? Because I don't. All right, so I think ultimately they are a tier below. And while they may be a nice story and they may be live against some of those teams, you know, I, I think they wind up being a nice little story that maybe goes 10 and 6, but ultimately loses on the road in the first week in January. Uh, and you know what? I think it favors the Bills to be an underdog in this spot. I really do. I think right. that's, uh, that's a perfect for them. Uh, Plus there are. Yeah. Five and three against the spread this year, tied for the third best mark in the league. Two and six for the Browns. I like him in the underdog spot. I think that's oh, a. Yeah. And by the way, I'd hop on it before he keeps getting down back to even right. money in a pickup. I'd bet Take him outright. Plus one thirty. Yep. yep. Take him outright. Damn it. That's right. Uh, not the only question mark too. Big Thursday night game. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Yeah, so we got uh, some interesting early lines here heading into week 10 of the uh, of the NFL season. And we told you uh, the discrepancy in the Buffalo Bills game is amazing. The Bills are six and two, taking on a two and six Browns team. And yet they opened up as a two and a half point dog, uh, which is very usually doesn't happen that way. Usually at this point in the season, when you have a team that has, you know, four more wins than the other, you're usually looking at a favorite situation. But nope. Browns opened up at two and a half. It's already been bet bound to two, and I think it's going to continue to to roll that way. But I love this Thursday night game, Dane. The Chargers again. Chargers, Raiders, Thursday night football uh, in Oakland. Of course, not that uh, far ride for the uh, Chargers, though. But I think if there's one team that the Chargers have actually always had no issue with over at least the last couple of years, it's been the Raiders. They've won the last four games against them. Uh, they've also covered in all four of those games. And the Chargers actually over the last seven, six and one against the number over the last seven against the Raiders. The Raiders are laying a point here. It's it's almost a pick 'em situation. Uh, I like the Raiders, man. I, I like what they have shown this year. They're gritty. They're tough. They can run the ball. They got a good offensive line. This is going to be a hell of a lot tougher game than just, you know, back the Raiders because they're home or back the Chargers because they're rolling that. I, this is going to be, I think, a great game and a very important game for both of these teams moving forward in the AFC West. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and, and the funny part is, to me, one of the strengths of the Chargers, right, is Boza and Ingram applying pressure on the edges. But the Oakland offensive line is strong. You know what I mean? There's this idea of, for me... Uh, what is real with the Chargers offense now that the move of offensive coordinator, I was very impressed with kind of becoming more of what I call the fantasy herd and not trying to force feed Melvin Gordon. So I wonder if that continues. Yes, we know the Chargers are quote unquote rolling, you know, but and then you have the idea of, oh, the home, the road team, the Chargers on Thursday night, but. The Chargers are a better team kind of on the road because they don't have that home field advantage and the travel isn't that bad on a Thursday, you know, to stay within the state mm-hmm. of California. So, yeah, I, I do think this is interesting. I'm going to lean Chargers, as you know, Joe, because I continue right. to back them. And this is their profile to start getting rolling. And I think I believe in the real change that I saw in them last week. I think they keep it going and provide too many issues for the uh, Raiders defense. That's what I think will be the predominant factor here, that the Chargers just have a lot of weapons and they're starting to use them in the right way. And I thought, too, one of the other big uh, things that I noticed in that game was that the the Chargers are a very physical team, guys. Like, they went out there and punched Green Bay in the face 
and Green Bay had absolutely no answer for it. They were physical in the trenches. The, the defensive front absolutely manhandled the uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers offensive line. And the offensive line looks, to me, last week, Melvin Gordon looked like a guy that, okay, just made it out of training camp now. He's ready to rock and roll. He was a little bit sharper, a little bit, ran a little harder. It, it, it all seems, once again, to be coming it coming through and coming together for these damn Chargers. They do it every year. But the physicality of the Chargers and that defense – is something I'm blown away with, which we know Oakland's not going to, Oakland's going to punch you back because they may right. be a lot of things. One thing is they ain't weak. Like they, that's who John Gruden is. He'll smack you back. That team will smack you back. Yep, that is absolutely true. And and listen, you know, ironically now, you have Joey Bosa trying to keep up with his little brother. Yes. Know? Yes, um, you're right. Which, and don't get it twisted. When they both, one AFC or NFC player, defensive player of the week. You know there was some text messages flying back and forth about that. Listen, I think the Chargers are rounding into form like they usually are. The question is, for me, the question is less about the Chargers because I've seen them do this before, mm. right? My question is more around the Raiders and what's real with the Raiders. Like, is is Josh Jacobs really this kind of battering ram back that, you know, is going to be a breakout star. You know, is Derek, is Carr able to keep slinging it? Is this offensive line for real? To me, the questions are more about the, uh, the Oakland Raiders than they are about the Chargers. I've seen this before from the Chargers. Yeah, and, and well, you're right about that. But I, I do. I, I'm actually a big believer in the kid, Josh Jacobs. I'm actually a big believer in what Mayock and, and Gruden are doing in Oakland because of the fact that there were so many questions, Dan, we rewound the tape. Remember? how much flack they got for their draft class, for getting Josh yep. Jacobs, for going out and get, and remember what they said is that, you know, we Little want, barrel. we want character guy. We want, everyone's like, Oh, what are you doing? Well, all of those guys that they drafted are contributors on this team and big contributors on this team, but they're all the same type of guy. They are very, they're high IQ guys, high yeah, motor guys, captains. but toughness too they are tough hard you know that's what Gruden and Mayock are I, you can talk about your spread offenses all you want Gruden and Mayock are old school football guys that believe we are going to beat the living crap out of you you're gonna have to come back to us you can finesse it all you want but they're going to draft and they're going to put together a team filled with football players right that's who they are and we know Gruden, Josh Jacobs makes the first guy miss like I haven't seen in a long time. You, If you don't hit him the first time, he is amazing the way, like Lev Bell, where he can sit there and be patient enough, but the first guy tries to misses him, like whiffs on him, and that's he gets to that second level like I've never seen. That offensive line is very good, but Josh Jacobs to me is, this kid's a stud, man. I think this kid's going to have a great career in Oakland because he's exactly what John Gruden is, exactly the kind of running back. And we've seen the running backs in Gruden's past, right? These are same type of guy. He reminds me he's the same type of guy that Gruden loves. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about now, like, is the idea of drafting a first-round running back dead? You know, but the Oakland Raiders, I mean, albeit they had, I think, three picks in the first round. Right. But they go right. ahead and do it, and he is a valuable cog for them. Also, by the way, the first Alabama running back in a long time that may still have some tread on the tires because Nick Saban didn't chew yes. him up and spit him out in a long time. But here's what I'll say. You mentioned Gruden and Mayock, right? And, and that's the kind of guys that they are. And 
that's the players they're looking for. Joe, across the bay, there is another example of a head coach and a GM being on the same page, getting the players that they want. And we talked about how they had time to start to build the team in their image. And what do you know? They're the last undefeated team left in the National Football League. Now, I'm not saying Oakland's a year away from being undefeated. Okay, but this is the early stages of the process. Get your kind of guys Mm -hmm. do, you know, establish your identity and go from there. So, you know what to hang your hat on. Right. And listen, I thought Oakland was going to be a dumpster fire with the Antonio Brown stuff and the hard knock stuff. And you have to look now. Listen, they're four and four, you know, so. Uh, they, in my opinion, have overperformed. We were talking about the Raiders under and stuff like that. They are not the joke that we thought they were mm-hmm. when we saw when we were talking about frostbitten feet a few months ago. I agree. I and listen to have not have a home game from September third to November fifteenth, yeah. guys, and to be four and four in a league that it is yep. so hard to be on the road for that long. Uh, it, I can't tell you and. Remember the whole Khalil Mack thing, Gruden got ridden to the ground last year. Anybody talking about Khalil Mack now? Uh, I'm curious. Anybody mentioning? Plus, they're going to actually get in. And not saying they can't use Khalil Mack, of course, but it wasn't the death nail in the coffin of the Oakland Raiders franchise because look at what's going to happen. They're going to get another draft pick this yeah. year that's going to be better than the one that they would normally get because they're going to finish with a better record. The Bears are crap. The Bears are they're actually going to get a better pick from the Bears than they would have because you know what? They had a vision and they had to sacrifice Khalil Mack, but what they got in return is pretty damn impressive. And I got to stop with the whole Derek Carr. You got to get rid of Derek Carr. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees, guys. Do you understand this? Derek Carr may have his faults but so does Matt Ryan. So do a yeah. lot of other guys that are franchise quarterbacks. You just don't go, oh, Gruden hates Derek Carr. He's not. No, Derek Carr is having an amazing year this year. It's it's amazing what happens when you got a coaching staff and you have a coach that puts you in a position to be successful there, Dane, that does what you do well and, and implements a game plan for it. That's what's happening with Derek Carr. You don't just get rid of guys because, oh, we're, we're going to draft a guy. Get, who? Like, who are you going to replace right. with Derek Carr? It's like, what's behind door number two? You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I agree with you. Is Derek Carr one of those, in my opinion, tier one quarterbacks who make everyone else around him better? No. He is a one of those tier two quarterbacks who, like I we said before, with the right coaching, with the mm-hmm. right scheme, with the right weapons, can get it done. I think he's no different than about 10 other quarterbacks in the NFL who are viable and who have been to the playoffs before. Okay. Yep. So I that's not a problem for me. All right. And and listen, the funny part is. This offense thought they were going to have another number one caliber wide receiver on it. Talk, talk what you want in Thank terms you. of Antonio Brown, right? <laughs> but they went, they had in August, they had a certain depth chart on a board somewhere. Okay. <laughs> yep. And yep. like a huge piece of that is gone. Now, blame the Raiders for not knowing and how it went down and all that stuff. I don't care about that. Just mm-hmm. know that technically they are depleted. Right. It's like technically, what if the Chargers didn't have Keenan Allen all season for one reason or another? Right. That's still what we're going through. And I do believe, listen, 
They didn't care about Khalil Mack. They didn't care about Amari Cooper. And also, they didn't care about the fans in Oakland, to be quite honest. They didn't give a damn because what they mm -hmm. care about is looking good and being on the rise in about, oh, I don't know, Joe, call it nine months from now when they I go agree. into Vegas and they had to lose the short-term battle to win yep. the war. Gruden has a 10-year contract. You think he cared about breaking some eggs in year one? I don't. Yep. I, and I appreciate that they took the shot with Antonio Brown. Say what you want about him. The guy is a generational talent. However, sure. they were also willing to recognize their mistake and say this ain't going to work. And they were also willing to be the adults and say, you know what? Out. Bye. Got to go, guys. We're good. We'll be good without them. And, and I think people forget all of a sudden Antonio Brown and the nightmare that the year started with, with him on that team. They had every distraction and every reason to be a one-game win right now, to have one or two games uh, yep. under their belt. To be four and four with all of that crap, I think, tells you everything you need to know. The Raiders are coming back, guys. The Raiders, uh, as far as the future of the next, let's say, 12 to 24 months, I, I can't think of another team that's going to be in as good a shape as the Raiders are on the uprise. Maybe Buffalo, of course, they've got it going on. But I think that Buffalo, Oakland, that next wave now when Tom Brady and company start to move on, yeah, I, um, well, I it's going to be very interesting, the AFC. Very for interesting. Me, for me, Joe, it's about who has the potentially transformative young quarterbacks, right, in the mm -hmm. AFC. And for me, it comes down to Patty Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson, uh, personally. Okay, and those guys will, in my opinion, be the next wave when Rivers and uh, Ben and Brady move on in the AFC. But, yeah, Oakland will be live. And here's the thing. All they needed to do was be on the upswing. Remember how, like we said as a Jets fan, they don't care about their record. If I feel like Sam Darnold is showing progress, I'm happy to sign up for next year. Right. Well, all these Raiders fans in Vegas or whatever, when they move, all they need are reasons to believe, Joe. Yep, I agree. And they've already crossed that agree. threshold, in my opinion. They got some young yep. kids. The tight end, Darren Waller, you know, yep. it looks like a great piece moving forward. All they need is reason to believe, Joe. And even if this team winds up finishing something like 7-9, and 6-10, and 10, you have reason to believe with all the draft capital coming forward. In the next Absolutely. Yeah, I remember Tom Cable was one of the worst offensive line coaches. We can go down the list, guys, of how many of you stuck a fork in the Raiders just four months they ago. It was bad, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hour two coming up. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, so big night uh, across the sports investing universe as not only do we have uh, the return of college hoops here tonight, uh, a lot of games, 87 games on the board. We also have Mac Action Tuesday, two Mac Action football games, one at 7 o'clock, one at 8 o'clock. 
You got yourself a little Kent State Toledo, a little Ball State taking on Western Michigan. Uh, both very interesting and unique lines uh, associated in edges in both of those games. We'll talk about that coming up next hour. Also, former NFL uh, running back beast Lorenzo Neal, uh, part of the uh, the hub in San Francisco now. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll talk to him coming up at 825 this morning. Get his thoughts on uh, John Gruden, the Raiders, what he's seeing there since he's in that Bay Area and what's going on with the Chargers and this matchup coming up on Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, I think that Dan and I are on agreement. There are certain franchises. I think this this is going to round out kind of sort of maybe this year the last the last hoorah maybe for the old guard, Dane, in the NFL. Right. I, I think the 49ers. Uh, you know, I think the Raiders, I, I think there are some teams and I love, listen, I, I love Phillip Rivers, but again, it's, we're getting, we've already moved on from Eli, right? That, that mm-hmm. era is kind of gone. Ben and I, don't, gone. I think big Ben is gone. I think this is the final year, man. I think this is the opening of the door for the next generation of great NFL quarterbacks, great NFL teams, and maybe some great NFL coaches too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that. You know, the idea of that draft class, Eli, Rivers, and Ben, you know, they're all kind of seeing their mortality. Philip Rivers probably wants to play as long as he can because he's got 14 kids at home or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know. <laughs> but then also, right below that, or not right around that, you got Brady and you got Breeze also, right? Mm. Those are five quarterbacks, Joe, that are, you know, I, I don't know how many years they have left, and I'm not trying to push them out to pasture per no. se. But you got to figure those pages will be turning. And at that point, Joe, like the elder statesmen will be guys like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, you know, to see how the generations change. And I talk about these young guys coming in. It's a different game. And I think uh, we're going to see the uh, the baton be passed. It's coming, guys. It's coming. I think we got one more year here. And then the whole landscape's going to look different next year. All right, coming up, hour two. On the grid, sportsgrid.com. Let's make it rain.